0: achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. Let's do this. That's right. This is Tracy Harrell, and you are tuning in to Bigger Than Me, and I am so excited today. I have two amazing guests. I have attorney Jesse Wineberry, who's also a past state representative in Washington.
1: Tracy, it's great to be with you.
0: It is so great to have you here. I'm so excited. And Ms. Julia Pronounce your full name, please.
2: Julia Bobadija Melby.
0: I love that. I love that. And you guys are here. We're just going to say why you're here, and then we're going to talk a little bit about who you are, and then kind of go a little deeper into the story. So why are you here today, Jesse?
1: Well, the main reason I'm here is to uh, let all of your listeners know that we have an important uh, voting opportunity coming up, and uh, you can know it by a simple phrase, approve I-1000. Uh, you're going to be getting your ballots pretty soon if you're listening from within Washington State and if you're a registered voter. And you're going to have a chance to vote for, to uh, pro- prohibit discrimination mm. against women, against uh, people of color, against people based on their age, mm. uh, against uh, uh, people because of their sexual orientation, protecting the LGBTQ community. Uh, uh, to protect veterans who are quite often are discriminated against, and finally, uh, small business people. Mm. And so we're looking to uh, approve I-1000 on Referendum 88, and by doing that, we keep fair opportunity in Washington State.
0: I, I love that. I, I love it so much. And the, the the purpose of this show, Mike, as you know, we have a, a very simple vision. I'm going to see if you can tune into. Um, show our our overview of our vision Uh, what we do on this show is we help dreamers realize their dreams. we turn hope into how and we want to build on the power of purpose destiny and legacy and that's what you guys are doing I mean you guys are you're engaged in major initiatives that are going to change lives make help dreams to come true like major this is a big deal so I'm excited to have you here, Mike. I don't know if you can show our vision. And what I really like about this is you're good people doing great things. So what I talk about in my mission statement is we use technology, community and positive psychology to help good people do great things. And so I have you guys here, amazing people doing some great things. So let's talk really quickly about who you are. So some people may not know. You're, you're a bit of a legend here in Washington State. But, you know, I moved here five years ago and I, I kind of stay out of the political realm 100 percent. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are? I know you were a state representative for 10 years and some of the things you've done, your claims to fame.
1: Well, I don't want to take a lot of time from Julia, but uh, in a nutshell, I'm a native born son of Washington State. I was born here. I went to school here, public schools. Uh, and, uh, uh, probably the most, uh, transformational part of, of, of my life journey is that, uh, I had a speech impediment. Oh. I had a lisp and it was my second grade teacher that first discovered it. Uh, her name was Mrs. Stokes. And, uh, on the first day of school, uh, during recess, I had been teased by the the same kids that teased me in kindergarten and Ooh. first grade because they called me S- Sylvester, and the reason they called me Sylvester <laughs> is because I spoke with a list. <laughs> and, and so they there was a cartoon I uh, Sylvester and I, Tweety Bird, I that. and Sylvester was the cat, and he used to always say. Thuffering Thucatash. <laughs> and so they come up to me and they say, Jesse, say Thuffering Thucatash. Oh, kids because, be so brutal. Right, and so she her, overheard that, and uh, she said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, Mrs. Stokes, I, uh, I, I want to be a lawyer. <laughs> so <laughs> Jessie, she, said, she said, well, you're not going to get there <laughs> talking like that, so I'm going to assign you a speech therapist and this lady uh, in a white schmock used to come every day uh, and pull me out of class. And she used to work with me on pronouncing my S's and my C's and my TH's. And over the course of that year in second grade, I went from being Phil Vether to people finally calling me by my name, which is Jesse. And from that point forward, I'll never be able to thank Mrs. Stokes enough wow. for giving me my voice.
0: Wow. Wow! 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 That's powerful. We clearly did not rehearse. That was <laughs> uh, there, we had lots of questions we going to talk about. I did say, Jesse, I want to personalize you, but that was deep. Well, thank that, you for sharing it, that. It, it's
1: it's true. I mean, uh, uh, without Mrs. Stokes, I'm not a lawyer. You need you need to be able to speak as a lawyer. I uh, in sports I was a quarterback, so you had to be able to communicate, communicate with all of your uh, is, linemen and running backs. This is true. That, w- that wouldn't have been fun in the huddle. You know, <laughs> Come on, you guys, let's let's go with Stop let's win. And so and so and I've been on radio. I've been a news reporter. I work for ABC News, and 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 I've been, as you said, mm-hmm. uh, in the in the House of Representatives. And you need to be able. To obviously speak and communicate with people in all of those professions, none of them would have been possible without Mrs. Stokes.
0: Mm. So let's do a call out to all the teachers out there yes. who are often underpaid and underappreciated. <laughs> thank you, thank you for all that you do. Because to your point, it's one teacher can change a life. Yes. So yes. thank you,
1: Mrs. Stokes. Mrs. E- e- the little Jesse, it's Mrs. Stokes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <Big> Jesse. <laughs> today's Jesse, it's Mrs. Stokes.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. No. So we, We're going to go, um, quick introduction to Ms. Julia as well. Julia, can you just tell us a little bit about your story? I know you said that you came here um, and you, you, you talked about your parents. Can you talk a little bit about that freedom fight that freedom. you were originated from? Sure. Uh,
2: So my father was part of a civil war that took place in Chile when Nixon was trying to eradicate socialism. It was in the 70s during um, Salvador Agende and Pinochet was a dictator put into uh, Chile and he was killing a bunch of people. He was holding them captive, torturing them. He wanted to torture my father. So my father fled to Peru. And that's where he met my mom. They had me. They had applied for a political asylum to both Australia and Canada. Those were the two countries that were accepting um, people. And we got accepted by Canada. So here I was, about two years old, two and a half years old, and we fled to Canada. And something people don't realize when you're refugees is you leave behind so many things. Uh, it was hard to keep in touch with family, especially mm. during a civil war and so we lost touch with a lot of our immediate family. Mm-hmm. We didn't have anything. We just went out to Canada, and it was northern Canada in the freezing cold. And I grew up near Winnipeg. And um, wow. it wasn't until I had uh, moved out to Vancouver, B.C. to pursue an acting career was when I decided to go back to university. And my mom and stepdad had moved down to Wilmer, Minnesota from Canada to pursue work. They found work down there and they said, well, why don't you come live with us for a bit while you go to school and we'll help you pay, pay for school. And I, my intention was to just come down on that F1 student visa to go to school. But then, you know, when your brothers get families and, you know, you meet mm. people, I decide to stay. And uh, from, from that, how that ties in with my involvement with I-1000 is, you know, upon moving to the U.S., it took about a year to get pulled over by a police officer because of having a Latino last name, also called uh, driving while brown, you know. And I'd never experienced discrimination before. In Canada, it was cool to be from somewhere different. And I had heard about some discrimination taking place in um, the U.S., but I didn't think that it would happen to me until it actually did. Mm. And from then on, I started really making sure that I – Advocated for people who didn't have a voice. A large mm. there was a large Latino community in Wilmer, and I started bringing attention to the racism that was in the law enforcement. At the U- University of Minnesota, where I transferred to in Minneapolis, I was also part of um, La Raza student organization, mm-hmm. helping make sure that there was diversity uh, on campus, and we had proper schooling and courses on Latino heritage. I love it. And so now with I-1000, I moved to the state two and a half years ago, and I had uh, gone to an event put on by um, Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion where they Mm -hmm. brought in um, Maxine Waters. Mm. And um, I went to that, and I found out that Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion were uh, part of their mission was to put into uh, office and to support people of color and underserved representation represented people into office. And so I got on board with that group and they were, they're one of the sponsors of, uh, Initiative I 1000. And one of the things with Initiative I 1000, it won prohibits age discrimination. I know I'm looking to go back to school, mm. and I don't want to be discriminated by one of these public education entities. And with being a woman, I 1000 prohibits gender discrimination as well too. And with being a woman that's going to be going into a field that's primarily men, mm. I don't want to be making just 80 cents to the dollar of a man. I'm sick All right. of that. Right now can I get right? it? Right, <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm, mm, I'm with you on that so one. I, uh, <laughs> I'm with you on the age one too, did I miss right. it? I'm turning 50. <laughs> In September. Ooh. So, yeah, I, I I love this. I love the age discrimination. Uh, the prevention of age disc- discrimination is, is a core foundation of, of I-1000. I love that. Right. So I that's
2: know. so that's how I really gotten a passion for supporting this. And I really want to make sure that people know that these are some of the things that I-1000 is going to implement and make sure that it protects people who have not been represented get represented in, in you know, public education with schools, mm-hmm. in public contracting, public employment as well, too. Um, we have teachers that aren't representing the, the population that they're serving. Mm-hmm. So we definitely want to be able to get um, or gr- groups to do outreach to get people hired on that represent the people that they're serving. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that really um, ticks me off that's been happening in the state of Washington is that um, small businesses, women and people of color, small mm-hmm. businesses, have lost close to $3.5 three billion dollars in what they could have earned um, over the past 20 years because of a thing called I-200 mm-hmm. that took away affirmative action um, rules in the state of Washington. And I want to see that money come back because you take away that amount of money from uh, communities, think of the things that they have missed out on in mm-hmm. without that money. Paying for um, higher education for their children, um, p- buying houses, You know that, that wealth and the, having that collateral has been lost. Mm-hmm. And I want to see that that is rightfully mine, and other people of color, you know, other um, non-represented, underrepresented populations, get that money back and be starting to earn the money that they well deserve, and have those rights, not be
0: discriminated in those areas. All right, now, sister, the you two are amazing. There's so much we could talk about. This is clearly not a political show, and what I like about this is what you guys are doing is just like power to doing good things. It's like good people doing great things. It has nothing to do with politics, in my opinion. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat. It's basically saying there's a fundamental principles around equality that you all are fighting for. And, and I love that. And, Jesse, a little bit more on the background real quick. So you said you were in the legislature for 10 years. And, and as we were chatting previously, you shared there was three specific um, initiatives that you were most... Uh, probably known for. Can you share with this listening and viewing audience a little bit about that, just so that they're clear? And thank you, Julia, that was beautiful. But just so they're clear, the two of you, a dynamic duo, and there's a whole coalition of people like you. But can you tell us a little bit about what you've done, your, your, your history, your background?
1: Yes, I, I served in the Washington State Legislature for 10 years. And uh, in that 10 years, I ended up uh, sponsoring over 3,000 wow. uh, pieces of legislation. Um, uh, to help people from all corners of Washington State, eastern and western Washington. Um, but I think the ones that uh, when whenever uh, people uh, talk about my accomplishments, number one is the uh, bill to create the state holiday that we all now celebrate in honor of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. I love that. Um, and and it, that's
0: huge because we're in King County.
1: Yes, Martin Luther King County.
0: That's huge. And it wasn't an originally named Martin Luther King County. It was King County named after a different king. And so I just love the idea that we are celebrating because every state still does not celebrate MLK as a national holiday. Am I correct? Uh,
1: uh, You're right. Not every state in America celebrates it as only the Dr. King birthday. But what we've got now is Mm -hmm. pretty much 100 percent. All 50 states have a holiday that is dedicated to civil rights or justice or mm. equality and so some states uh, uh include king with other civil rights okay. leaders so they call it civil rights day but most of the states in okay. america have have joined the 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 federal government in uh celebrating dr king's birthday as a state holiday we were one of the first 13 states to do wow, so. Wow, that's awesome. Um, the second uh, piece of legislation that I that I am personally proud of is the hundred million dollar link deposit lending program. It's specifically targeted to help women-owned businesses, uh, minority-owned businesses, and mm-hmm. veteran-owned businesses to to get. Uh, financing for their businesses as a lo- at a lower rate than what they can get it from the commercial banks. Mm. And so that has uh, uh, gone extremely well and then and then finally uh, the one that I think helps most of the young people in this state, it's called youth build. Uh, that's all one word. Mm-hmm. and youth build basically takes young people who have had uh, first offenses with the law as juveniles and instead of them serving time, We actually uh, take either a gun or drugs out of their hands and replace it with tools. The building trades uh, is able to uh, bring them into apprenticeship training programs and then certify them so that they can be journeymen or journeywomen and move up the ranks in the construction industry.
0: I, I, I mean, these are huge. Each one of these things independently is huge and i don't want to like not that you need me to say anything that's going to pump you up because your ego is not a problem for you would you agree with that?
1: (laughs) not a problem
0: (laughs) but i had someone say who i actually (laughs) love and respect lynn simpson who is owner of lynn can builders he actually came into my house and rid me of black toxic mold so thank you lynn and what (laughs) lynn said about you is i was in a table 100 meeting and he was like you got to meet this guy You got to meet Jesse Weinberry. Um, He didn't know we had actually, you know, connect someone else said the same thing to me. But he's like, he's like, when I first met him, I thought he was the next. He was like a young, he reminded me of a young MLK.
1: Well, that's a, that's a very orbit galaxy high compliment. (laughs) Exactly. He
0: went on and on and on to say that (laughs) anything that you're a part of, he would support. He's like, you have your heart in the right place. You're work. You've worked for the people for years. So, I just got to tell you you have a, a you know some, some some huge supporters in the community and thank you for for the work you've done.
1: So we at least have one person that's going to vote <laughs> for I1000. Okay, so we only got 999,000 more to go. So thank you Lynn Simpson.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Thank you. You're funny too. I like that. So what I, what I love about you is so you worked 10 years in the legislature. You've talked about these amazing few of the things you've done. How does that you know that that experience help you in the work you're doing right now with i1000 and for those listening we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about the history of i1000 we're going to go into the background but just talk a little bit about you know the experience that you have and how that supports this work
1: well i love i1000 i love i1000 because uh one you can focus on one thing that helps millions of people mm. um it, you can you can focus on uh one state uh, your home you know in my case it's my home state and uh, I, I, I was devastated when I learned uh, uh, that 20 years ago uh, a guy by the name of Tim Iman had uh, put in uh, an initiative called I-200 that targeted two uh, groups of people, all women and all people of color, to kill affirmative action to enable them to get a college education, uh, a, a, a job with their state, county, local, or municipal uh, government or to be able to uh, uh, compete for contracts to do business with with the government. And that has been devastating. As Julia has pointed out, communities that used to be very vibrant mm-hmm. have been destroyed, literally, because you cannot take $3.5 billion out of any community, particularly mm-hmm. women and minority communities, and have it uh, survive. And as a result, they have not survived. The high, the unemployment now uh, of of African Americans and Hispanics mm-hmm. is higher in Washington State than it's ever been. the The normal unemployment rate is around three percent for everybody, but for African Americans, it's more than double that. It's seven percent unemployment wow. for H- Hispanic community and Latinx community. It's it's a six percent unemployment, so it's actually double. And so you cannot have a, a a good a good percentage of the talented people who live in the state who are being denied education. How much you learn determines how much you earn. So if you're denied an education, then obviously you're not going to be competitive in the job market. And if you're not able to get a job, it's hard to get the experience that you need to start your own business one day. And so we're trying to bring diversity back to Washington State with I-1000 to enable opportunity to be available for everyone, no matter uh, what your race, your gender, your sexual orientation your military status, whether you're physically or mentally disabled, everybody needs to have that fair opportunity to contribute. And the unique thing about Washington is that we're one of the few states that have these barriers in our laws. Uh, 42 out of the 50 states have vibrant affirmative Mm. action programs where they recruit and engage in outreach to actually uh, train young people and bring them into the workforce. Uh, we have to join the rest of the nation by uh, putting equality first. And that means when you get your ballot, just vote to approve I-1000. The legislature has already done it. they put it into law. All they're asking now from the people is that you approve what they've already done.
0: Mm. Drop the mic. Drop the mic. (laughs) I'm just saying so, that's awesome. So, Mike, what we're going to do is I'm going to actually um, showcase a little bit on the um, Julia. you shared the website. You guys, can you say what the website is? dot 1000com I think it is. Oh, approve I, I 1000com Yes, that's right. And, and this is where people can go to get more information about the history, the background— you know what it is. We're gonna just peel back the onion just a little bit because we've been saying I one thousand. You guys talked about what it's going to do. You want to break down just a little bit um, more about what it creates. I love that there's it's broken down into very three specific goals and objectives. You want to talk about that, either one of you?
2: Sure. Well, oh. the with this initiative, there's going to be created um, a commission, a mm-hmm. diversity, equity, and inclusion commission that's going to be monitoring and ensuring that these um, what i1000 creates will be implemented so
0: and i love that so you don't need this i just flipped this around but apparently you you've been doing this for a while you don't need this you don't need to reference this then i'll keep it to (laughs) myself i'm taking notes too so what i love about this is creates a washington state's first governor's commission on diversity equity and inclusion this is huge This is huge. And when I first met you, you were talking about the history and I'm like jaw dropping going, wow, really? The three point five billion dollars, you know, that that changed, you know, wealth and equity, you know, within our community. But when you talk about this commission, because you can have any number of of ideas ideals, right, on what you want to accomplish. But unless there's some type of governing body that is going to help associate accountability to what you're identifying, it's really, you know, the the, the, the likelihood that you're going to create systemic change and change things for generations to come it, it is minimal. So the fact that this is number one, it's going to create a commission. Let's talk a little bit more about that. This commission will have the ability to do what?
1: Well, number one, representation, because we believe that every citizen out there is a stakeholder. Mm. And uh, the purpose and goals of of Initiative One Thousand, and a stakeholder in their in their government, and so we b- we've always believed that it was important to put in place something that didn't exist in nineteen ninety eight. Part of the reason why Tim Ayman could mount an initiative to kill affirmative action is because there was there was no protective agency mm. to defend it, and so uh, step one is the governor's commission that involves over twenty six people from state government, local government, community organizations, uh, uh, civil rights, social rights. Uh, actually, will, they will be able to nominate uh, representatives on the commission. The governor appoints them, and uh, uh, it's, it's nonpartisan. So wh- no matter it. whether you're Democrat, Republican, or Independent, uh, you can serve on this commission. I should also point out that even I-1000 is bipartisan are uh, one of our honorary chairs is former governor Daniel uh, Evans a Republican another one of our uh, uh, honorary chairs is former Democratic uh, governor Christine Gregoire a, a Democrat uh, it's a, it's been endorsed by Governor Inslee, a Democrat but it's also being partially funded by William warehouser <laughs> of so the warehouser uh, fortune uh, Republican so it's really I love uh, it. everyone is uh, is in full understanding that that this is to benefit uh, everyone in Washington State, regardless of your party affiliation, and that's what the, the commission will do, except over the long term.
0: I, I love it. Mike, real quick, if you can flash to the screen, well, I'm just going to just have you guys visualize some of the names you just called out. So you basically said the honorary co-chairs?
1: They're honorary co-chairs, yes. You have uh, Governor Dan Evans to the far left. Uh, he's he's not only a Republican Governor, he's the longest-serving governor ever in Washington State. Wow! uh, Most governors have served for maybe one term, which is four years, or two terms, which is eight years. He served for twelve years, so three four-year terms. He's the only governor in the history of Washington to do that. One of the few governors in the history of America. And then you have, and then you have Christine Gregoire. Christine Gregoire. Uh, it was governor for two terms, but before that, she was the state's attorney general, mm. uh, elected statewide, and, uh, and has come on board. Uh, she was one of the governors that extended my link deposit program, which is ori- originally $50 million program. We worked with her and got it extended to the $100 million program that mm. it is now. And I can't say enough about Jay Inslee. Not only is he our governor, uh, completing two terms, former presidential candidate, uh, the only voice that was consistently and exclusively for climate change. But he endorsed I-1000 very early. He put it in his state of the state address, urging the legislature to endorse it. And then he helped us lobby those legislators in the House and Senate to pass it into law. We are so,
0: in, we're definitely inviting Jay Ainsley to the show. I actually met him at um, an event after I met you and you sang, you know, you sang his praises as well. I'm like, let me do a little research on Jay Inslee. And two or three people actually invited me to an event and he was there and I have a photo with him, et cetera, et cetera. So we do plan to invite you here, Jay, because I think, to your point, for him to be able to talk about and and actually not talk about it, but be about it. Like he signed this. This was approved through the, the Washington State Legislature. What was the date?
1: It was approved uh, very late one night on uh, April 28th, uh, Sunday night of 2019. It's a date I'll never forget. Wow. And uh, Governor Inslee Mm -hmm. was in the wings of the House and the Senate as I watched him pulling legislators aside and saying, listen, this is really important to our state Mm. and uh, we need you to vote for it. And so for the first time in 20 years, we got not only the House and Senate to vote on, uh, bringing diversity back but they made the decision to bring it back and now we just need the people to approve mm, it
0: that's awesome so we have a few other honorary chairs real quick Mike I'm still on your site this is on the approve um, i1000.com site any of these I mean lots of amazing people it looks like who are supporting well we this have initiative. another
1: governor I mean the g- governor Gary, Gary Lock. Locke who was a two-term governor the only Asian American to ever be elected governor of any state and mainland. America, of wow. course, that doesn't include Hawaii, but in terms of the contiguous mm-hmm. United States, he's the only one in the history of planet Earth to be able to do this. Wow. And he and he didn't stop there. He became a member of the Obama administration as Secretary oh of Commerce and ultimately ambassador to China. Wow. Uh, he's one of our honorary co-chairs as wow. well.
0: Wow. Tons of people. Congressmen, you got uh, just just tons of individuals here that are supporting this. Now let's move on to the history. We can either look at it here, or we can go back here, to your home page, where you actually talk about Mike real quick. We're gonna actually have you focus on the the second thing that the I1000 creates. So we have this commission on equity and inclusion,
1: and well, the 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 main purpose of I1000 is to is to uh Prohibit discrimination of, of anyone mm-hmm. because of their age, because of their disability, because of their race, because of their gender, because of their sexual orientation, um, and, and because of their military uh, background or yes. status. And uh, that is, when you add up the people mm. who are, who are <laughs> citizens and residents of Washington State, that's pretty much everybody. I mean, it, we, when we say women... That's over 51% of the 7 million population. And then age. And then age, that's another 25%. And so uh, there's very few people who are left out uh, in terms of benefiting from I-1000. Now,
0: the thing that I, that I heard you say in some of our, in our prior conversations you talked about, the the, the support that you have. From, from Washington State residents, and I want people not to kind of rest on their laurels, the fact that, well, everyone supports it, it's pretty popular, they still have to vote. So let's talk about the actions that you want people to take and the win, right? So what what are the, what are do they need to do? What, what can people expect? So they're not going to the polls to vote. They're going to receive something in the mail. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the, the waves of the mail-outs and what people can expect and what you need for them to do.
2: Okay, so... The first mail-out is going to be September 21st. That's my understanding, right? And that is going to be going out to people who are overseas or mm-hmm. in the military. And that's close to, I think you said 70,000? 70,
1: 70,000 voters. Yes. 70,000 voters. A so lot that's, of okay.
2: that's the first wave <laughs> of ballots um, that are going out. Right. And then the second wave is going to be going out October 4th. And that's going to people who are outside of the state. And then the third wave um, ballots are is going to be going out October, uh, the third week of October 14th. 14th October 14th, and that's going to be going out to every
0: person in Washington state, all so, the voters. So basically you're saying, check your mailboxes for most of us on October 14th.
1: Well, that's when they'll mail it out. So anytime between the 14th and maybe a week after is when you'll be receiving
0: your ballot. And, wh- and what's your deadline? Like you're saying, they're going to get it October 14th-ish, right? And when do they need to get it back in by? Well, November 5th. Well, well We th- want it
2: in earlier. We want to make sure that they get it in before November 5th because it needs to be in the ballot by November 5th. I think it's 7 p.m., something like that.
0: So basically, as At soon day, as you get it, we're saying it. rush it to the... Put it in your mailbox.
1: Well, it, we, so you, there's drop boxes all over the oh. state, depending on what county you're in. Okay. Uh, the counties provide drop boxes. But uh, the good news mm-hmm. is that for most of the time that Washington has been voting by mail,
2: mm-hmm.
1: w- the, the state has not paid for your postage. And so the good news is that you don't have to pay for your postage. And so you can mail it in. It's postage free. It's obviously going to come to you postage paid. But uh, as of last year, the the uh, the secretary of state began paying for the uh, postage of of your ballot to be returned. So there's no excuse. It's going to come to you free. You don't have to go out to the polls and and withstand the rain or cold (laughs) in November uh, because there's no polls and and you don't have to pay to send it back in. So no excuses, people, no excuses. You get your ballot. You vote to approve I-1000 and vote for your local candidates for county and city, school board, and then mail it back in. We uh, keep your eye on our website, which is approvei1000.com, because there are people uh, who have come to us and asked if they can organize ballot parties, which I think is a cool idea, mm. uh, leading up to November 5th, so that, for example, uh, one uh, lady is in Tacoma. And she said, I think I'd like to have a Halloween Eve ballot par- party, which means on October 30th, there's in, somewhere in Tacoma, there's going to be this place where you go, you party, maybe you wear a costume, maybe you come as Donald Trump or you come as <laughs> you know, Bernie Sanders or what have you, uh, and you show up and you have some fun and you get in for the party with your ballot." You don't have to pay as long as you have your ballot. Oh, you,
0: so basically you're dropping the ballot off there and you're they're going to mail them
1: in. Uh, no, they, they, we're going to have, uh, the, she's organizing, it's a in Pierce box. County. A Pierce County elections officer is going to be at the party and have a big bag. And at the end of the night, everybody's going to see their ballots go in the bag and off to uh, Pierce oh, County elections. So, I love yeah, that. So, so that's the one young lady who's, who's talking about organizing that in Pierce County and we're going to try to make that contagious so that there's other people in other counties who want to have a Halloween Eve ballot parties. Uh, I think it, it can be fun and you make a difference.
0: I love it. My brain went to a bad place. So I'm going to stay focused. So, <laughs> Mike, <laughs> I love the idea if it works, if all parties are aligned with that goal. I love it. So, Mike, we're going to have you flash again to the ApproveI1000.com site and basically it's very simple i love the fact how cleanly and clearly it's organized right there's a home there's an endorse and there's an about we were just talking about all the amazing governors and all these wonderful people who've endorsed this who are part of your honorary chairman for for this initiative but then we we look at very three very simple things it creates this Commission on Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. This Governor's Commission. One Secondly, yes, ma'am. One thing
2: I wanted to point out with that Commission on um, Diversity, yes. Equity, and Inclusion is that you know we have different um, people of color commissions. Like there's the uh, Hispanic Commission on Hispanic Affairs, mm-hmm. and you know the, the African Americans have one as well too. So there's different uh, commissions. Uh, however, the one population that has not had a, a voice or a representation on a commission has been the LGBTQ uh, mm. population. So this commission will include them as having a voice on a commission for the first time in the state of Washington, I understand. Right, Jesse?
1: That's right. That's right. I mean, there may be members of the LGBT community that are on commissions, But this seat is for a member. specifically identified. Nice. For LGBTQ. And, yes, it is the first time that that's happened in Washington State history.
0: Wow. That's huge. That's huge. So we're going to go through the three things again. Mike, real quick, are you flashing the screen? I'm going to have you just show it real quick. Three things. creates this Washington State's first Governor's Commission on Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. It redefines affirmative action to provide equal opportunities in education, employment, entrepreneurship for the following groups love it and then it says it expands affirmative action which currently only covers Vietnam era disabled veterans to now include all honorably discharged veterans
1: yes I'd like to speak to that just briefly Please. because it's 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 huge for for um, since 1985 the only veterans who have been entitled to affirmative action and employment have been Vietnam era and disabled oh. veterans that means anyone who's fought in any war, whether wow. be it the Gulf War or Desert Storm or Operation Freedom or any of the, I think there's been like 20 different wars that have been fought. Those individuals who come back and are not injured are not uh, eligible for affirmative action. So one of the things that we've done in I-1000 is to expand affirmative action to include all honorably discharged veterans, no matter what war they fought in.
0: I love it. Jesse, one of the things you said to me, which I thought was so important, and I think I'm I'm now uh, back on the website again, is that you define uh, affirmative action or you redefine affirmative action. And I think a lot of people don't know what that means. are like quotas. Is it numbers? Like, let's go backwards. Let's talk a little bit, Mike. I think if you can flash real quick. Again, we're at the Approve I-1000 website. Just real quick, if you can just show this page. But I, it's, You're being very clear. You're creating the following new Washington state laws, but you're redefining affirmative action. Why is that important for people to really understand what it is and what it is not?
1: Well, that's a good question because affirmative action, when it was first created, was uh, created first uh, by, in word by pres- former President uh, John F. Kennedy. And uh, he was the first uh, elected official to put affirmative action in our federal laws. And at that time, it meant uh, for private contractors who were doing business with the federal government to hire a certain number of women, hire a certain number of Hispanics, hire a certain number of Asians, Native Americans, African Americans. And that's known as quotas because you're not trying to get a percentage that may reflect the population. You're trying to get 10 or 5 women or 10 African Americans. Well, that was uh, overruled. In 1979, in a in a Supreme Court case known as Bakke versus University of California at Berkeley, it basically prohibited quotas. But all but but from but from in the 60s, when President Kennedy was was president, to 1979, a lot of the states still had quotas on the books, as part of affirmative action. Washington was one of them. So one of the things we did when we came in, we prohibited quotas. We banned.
0: We, well, hold on, let me make sure we're clear. You're saying we with I 1000. Right. So there was a there was a process that happened that got rid of affirmative action called I 200. I
1: 200 got rid of affirmative and action. You're
0: basically saying we're redefining this concept of an affirmative action. So there are no quotas. This no quotas. Very clear. So I'm looking here. It says redefines affirmative action. Keep talking. I'm sorry. I just wanted to pause so people understand the we I 1000 redefines affirmative action.
1: Right. By prohibiting, banning quotas and banning preferential treatment. And so,
0: I, l- I mean, I think this is important.
1: Yeah, that's very important. You've been doing,
0: you've been, you've been working this and living this for a while. I'm relatively new, so I just had to pause for those who might be watching, thinking, Ooh, affirmative action, and I don't know about that. How, how is that going to affect me? This is about equality. This is there's is no quotas.
1: Banned. 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 Yeah.
0: Keep talking. I just had to pause you for a minute. You can say it again. Yeah. Banned, I won't interrupt you.
1: Yeah, banned uh, preferential treatment, banned quotas, uh, because we want everyone to have an equal opportunity to compete for a seat in college or compete for a job or compete for a contract if they have their own business and want to do business in the state. And so there there's no set quotas, there's no preferential treatment and a, and and we believe that it will work because we've seen it work in other states. Mm. Like I said, uh, affirmative action right now is in 42 out of the 50 states. Mm. It's working very well. Opportunities are 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 soaring for people enough so that There's a number of people who are born and raised in Washington State who have left. And they've gone to other states where the opportunities are greater, where the pay is greater, where the chances of getting into a a good school are greater. And now they're living in other states, so we've lost that talent. And so part of the reason that that I-1000 is important to people like Julia and myself is because we can keep the young talent, the next generation here, by opening the doors of opportunity. I love
0: Helping...
2: Something else I'd like to add to that is that um, let's be clear what I-200 did is they went ahead and uh, put in their campaign as far as what that was on the ballot initially, tw- this 20 years ago, was they called it the equality campaign, bringing back equality. And what that meant to them was that they didn't want um, people of color, women, to uh, be treated differently. Uh, they wanted them to be treated equally. So they wanted any of the rules or any of the laws that were protecting women and people of color to be taken away. So that way, everything would be equal. And so when they say everything equal, that meant that there's no outreach that needs to be done to women or people of color. There's no um, uh, extra... You know, no no funding for outreach, no for recruiting, the way they were recruiting mm-hmm, women mm-hmm, and people mm-hmm. of color. They didn't want that. They wanted that to be gone. They wanted to say, oh, everybody should be treated equal as us white men because it was, you know, that's who mainly we're, we're pushing this, you know. And so what has happened over the 20 years is that look at contracting. Contracting has now historically been going to white men, male-owned
0: contracting businesses. I think I heard someone, was it you? <laughs> and one of our, and one of the you, you tend to throw out a lot of numbers, Jesse. Don't act, don't act shy. You said something about the percentage. Maybe it was um, Nat. It talked about the percentage of contracts. It wasn't like a number. Like the percentage of 97, 90, 84 some huge percentage of all contracts
1: go to... Um, well, the, the Secretary of the Department of Transportation uh, has uh, underscored what Julia has pointed out. Uh, the Secretary of all of the transportation mm-hmm. industry He said that 80% Mm. of the uh, contracts go to white males that are only 38% of the population. And that's not from I-1000. That's not from, uh, you know, a a progressive or liberal think tank. That's from the data that has uh, been released and announced by the secretary of the Department of Transportation, who happens to be a white male. And, then and
0: that's the 3.5. That reflects the 3.5 billion dollars that you're talking about because you're basically saying once the protections were taken away, right, there was a, a inherent discrimination that was then built into the laws. And so now let's get back to I-1000. What I-1000 does, again, it redefines affirmative action, prohibits quotas, defines preferential treatment and bans that as well, expands protections for seniors from age discrimination in public education and contracting. I love that. Let's talk about that. And what's the Jump Rope King's name?
1: His name is Nat Jackson.
0: Nat Jackson. And there's a commercial out with Nat and someone else. talking With about Governor this age-
1: Dan Evans. Yes. Oh,
0: yeah, okay, I love well, you, it.
1: You have Governor Dan Evans, who's 94 years old, and he goes hiking <laughs> in the Cascade Mountains at least uh, two or three times this summer. And then you have uh, Nat Jackson, who's 76 years old, and he jumps rope for a living. I mean, literally, he's the jump rope king. He's broken all the records for the National Jump Rope Association. So we figured, hey, the, the, who, <laughs> who, who, better? who better than these guys <laughs> to talk about AIDS discrimination? And, and here's what's going on. Um, w- the older we, we get, the closer we get to retirement. And those of us who have not retired yet mm-hmm. are, go- are in for a shock. And the <laughs> people who have retired have already been shocked. And here's the shocker. Retirement and Social Security doesn't pay all the bills.
0: Not even close.
1: And so the good news is that the advancement in medicine and, and, and health consciousness has enabled many of us to live longer. But the bad news is you're living longer, but your income is not, is not there to sustain you. So a lot of people are looking to go back to work because they're still in good shape. They've still got great skills and they have more experience mm-hmm. than they've ever had. But they're finding that the doors are closed to them to get the skills mm. they need and the training they need educationally, mm-hmm. uh, or that uh, they want to start their own business, but they're discriminated against when they bid on contracts because they're seventy-six years old. Yeah, they're they're like, the, right. Is he going to be around? Right. <laughs> so <laughs> and so <laughs> and so, there's already protections against age discrimination in employment, but that's where it begins and ends. I one thousand expands it to protect seniors who are going back to school and protect it. seniors who may be going into business for themselves so that, uh, uh, I mean, nobody should be discriminated because of their age. Nobody.
0: Right, especially since I'm getting up there. I'm definitely down with that one. Um, I'm sorry. It also, it, um, you talked about the expanding affirmative action to include honorably discharged veterans, and I, I have a special special place in my heart for, for veterans. So thank you for everyone who has uh, served in any way, and you're basically saying now all honorably discharged veterans yes. will have some protections in place. And then it goes on to expand the term sexual orientation to all state uh, anti-discrimination laws.
1: Right. Uh, one of the, the shocking parts of, of our laws, there's been uh, an, a, 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 an effort, a movement uh, led by one of my former uh, seatmates, Cal Anderson and, 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 and others in the, in, the, uh, in the LGBT community to um, provide civil rights for mm. people and regardless of who they love. And what happened was they passed it, but it only applied to employment and housing and insurance, mm. not education, wow. not contracting. Wow. And so again, similar to what we did with seniors is we expanded the sexual orientation so it prohibits discrimination in education based on uh, LGBTQ uh, uh, or sexual orientation status and also in contracting and and, uh, uh, it's one of the reasons why we receive the endorsement of groups like the Greater Seattle Business Association, the premier LGBTQ organization in North America and why uh, a number of uh, groups and organizations and individuals in that community across the state are out actively uh, encouraging uh, people to approve I-1000.
0: So, what else can people do? First of all, I, I'm, I'm I love this, and I'm I'm the least political person you'll ever meet. Like I, I really am. I, I don't <laughs> watch the news. I just kind of you know. I decided a couple years ago that I was just going to make the world a better place. That's when I started doubling down on the the show and the book. I have a series. I mean, I'm literally just bringing doing everything I can to help good people do great things so well,
2: this, there there are laws that can be put into place
0: so that we can have a better place to right no I, but what I'm saying is this is amazing like for me this is like MLK type you know people out there standing up for everyone this is protecting everyone this is like helping good people the good people of Washington they ask is that you approve i1000 to help again you good people do great things to help everyone do great things I mean this is all like a no-brainer Right. I mean, like you said, it's not about political affiliation. It's just helping good people do great things, bringing equality back to Washington state. Some
2: things I want to bring up is a little bit about what the uh, opposing side is saying. When I went to Olympia to hear the testimonies in support of I 1000, there were some racist things being said by some groups. And one of them, for example, was that, you know, well, why should people who aren't qualified, why should African Americans who aren't qualified get into college, to university? Like I've worked hard, and there was uh, several people from the uh, who were Chinese immigrants who were particularly fearful of losing spots to
0: get into university, mm-hmm.
2: and uh, that was something that was brought up time and time again that they they feel like of we're not
0: qualified. And I know Jesse said something about not qualified is not an option because there's language in there that says you must be qualified. That that's not the well, issue. There isn't
2: any any data to prove that uh, people of color aren't qualified.
0: No, no. Yes. Yes. And that that is a true statement. But what I'm saying is the law very specifically, according to some things you shared with me in the past, like it specifically says you must be qualified. It's not like I I realize that people can say whatever they want to say. This is the positive psychology show. So we don't we don't even care what what people say. This is about facts. So can you tell us a little bit about the concept of qualifications like you must be qualified period is that end of story?
1: Yes well the uh, it's in I-1000 we say in I-1000 that the only uh, individuals who can take advantage of these educational employment and contracting opportunities are those who show first that they are qualified based on their experience, based on their education, based on um, their their resume that they've that they've uh, prepared I mean no one that I know of can get admitted into a college or university (laughs) Unless you do well on the LSAT, I mean not the, SATs the LSAT but the SAT, and and, uh, and you bring some good grades, so that's where the qualifications begin. But we we are what we're doing at the same time is removing the barriers. Mm. We're removing the impediments that were constructed by I-200 I pr- two hundred, and and then uh, creating a bridge for many of those that just have not had a voice. To, to enable them to to move forward, like people who are seniors, like military veterans, like the disabled. And so we really are, are doing what the mission statement says in terms of diversity, equity, and probably the most important word is inclusion, including I everybody.
0: It. I love it. Jesse, I'm going to have you read I just love how simple the statement is. So for people, when you get your ballot, what was the date again? Most of us will get it on... October 14th. 14th, yeah. 14th, some some earlier if you're out of the country or out of the state, et cetera. But if you're living in Washington, you're a citizen of Washington, you're registered to vote in Washington, most likely you will get it after October 14th. And can you read this, read the statement of subject and then the concise description? These are two sentences. It's very simple. And they're voting yes or no.
1: Well, the first says the legislature passed initiative measure 1,000 concerning affirmative action and remedying discrimination and voters have filed a sufficient referendum petition on this act and then the second sentence is initiative one thousand would allow the state to remedy discrimination for certain groups and to implement affirmative action without the use of quotas or preferential treatment in public education employment and contracting the final ballot question is should i i'm sorry should initiative one thousand be approved or rejected and obviously we are encouraging people in Washington State to vote that it be approved.
2: Approve.
0: Approve. Approve I-1000. We have five minutes left. And what I like to do in the show, my last five minutes, I call it the, the, the surrender and soar moment, right? It's kind of a, an action moment where we pause and reflect. You like that? You, you like that? Surrender and soar. You know, we get excited. We get kind of like into this conversation. So what are you going to look into the camera and tell people what do you want them to do? Why is this important? Just a little summary of, of, of our last 50, 54 minutes, right? I'll start with you. I'll come to you, and we'll be very specific. What do we want people to do?
2: I really want them to think about how, uh, given the, the state that this country is in, where we have an administration that has been taking away the rights of people, taking away the quality of life of people, Put implement putting fear into people for being different. I want to make sure that we are protected in some way. And the state of Washington, the people in Washington have that ability, not just in Washington, in case you're overseas, um, however, have that ability to vote approve I 1000 so that everyone can be uh, included. Uh, in in the verbiage that's going to be on your ballot, it does talk about remedying discrimination because that has that is what has happened. Three and a half billion dollars has mm. been taken out of communities uh, that have been included that have included women, people of color. Uh, what kind of future do you want for your children, for the youth who can? Go in and get accept. Go to public education um, entities and get accepted into school. Get a better education so they can get a better job. This will also prevent discrimination from them uh, trying to open up their own businesses, have a small a small business. And we definitely do want to see um, people who hold some sort of power, something that they can call their own. I want something that I can call their my own. To say, look, I did this. I had to work hard to get it, and the rules in Washington helped me get that. So that way, I am not discriminated against. Um, the The uh, white male power structure that is embedded into uh, structural entities needs to be taken down. Needs to be broken down so that we can all share and partake in in the great pie. You know. So I really want to make sure that I have. Um, no discrimination, That I'm, no barriers that is going to be left up to me.
0: I love it. Le- put in front of me. S- and again, I love the support from all these past governors. So, Jesse, we got two minutes left. Minute well, I'll, th- I'll be really. Th- yes, please.
1: Th- yeah, I'll be really quick. I started uh, the interview talking about a lady named Mrs. Stokes. She was my second grade teacher. She removed an impediment
0: mm.
1: from me, a speech impediment. I'm asking the voters to be the Mrs. Stokes.
0: I love it. I love it. For Washington State. Keep talking. Remove
1: the main impediment in our way right now, and that's discrimination. And you can do it by voting to approve I-1000.
0: Drop the mic. This is Tracy Harrell, and you have been enjoying... It's bigger than me. Because guess what? It really is bigger than me. And you have the power, citizens of Washington, those around the country. Because I also heard you say that people are watching. Like, we're one of the states where when this moves forward, we've done some work that other states are watching.
2: That's
0: right. Now is the time for us to make a change. Now is the time for us to connect and move things forward. This is Tracy Harrell, and it is bigger than me. Approve, I-1000.